You're listening to the Cash Valley Insider, conversations with founders, leaders, and creators about why they live, work, and play in Cash Valley, Utah. The Cash Valley Insider is a production of the Cash Valley Chamber of Commerce. Become a chamber member and learn more at cashchamber.com. On this episode, Cash Valley Chamber of Commerce President Jamie Andrus moderates a forum between GOP candidates running in the 2020 primary for Senate District 25 and House District 3. It's my pleasure to welcome you today um, to our first Meet the Candidates. We're going to call it a, a forum. Uh, this is, uh, I'm Jamie Andrus. I'm the president and CEO of the Cash Valley Chamber of Commerce. And we are excited to have you here and thank you for participating. Um, this event is brought to you by, uh, our, now I feel like I'm doing a commercial, the Cash Valley uh, Chamber of Commerce Legislative Affairs Committee. This is a very engaged committee and I, I would like to tell you just a little bit about what, what they do um, during our legislative session and in the interims as well. The co-chairs of this committee are Karina Brown and Chad Campbell and they've been directing our meetings. Uh, they organized also subcommittees and identified key members of our chamber and our community to participate in these group weekly meetings during the legislative session. And then we also meet a few times uh, during the interims. Uh, at these weekly meetings, we invite our subcommittees to present the legislative uh, and legislation topics and areas of focus for the entire group and we also track bills and identify those that we oppose support and want to monitor we we do work closely with our legislators as well and invite them to participate uh, prior uh, after this year we didn't get to do our debrief which we usually do a legislative breakfast so we're we're excited to be able to do a couple of more things um, the the chamber also belongs to the Northern Utah Chamber Coalition, uh, which is NUCC, we call it NUCE, and uh, we submit our, our more important opinions and stronger opinions to this committee. And then each Friday during the legislative session, our NUCE uh, group meets with our Northern Utah legislators. And uh, as our committee grows and our numbers of, and influence uh, grows, we're going to continue to do this highly proactive approach to legislation. Um, we are excited to be beginning this series of candidate forums. Um, this is a new benefit of belonging to this committee. So the Legislative Committee of the, the Cache Valley Chamber of Commerce will be hosting a series of candidate forums during 2020 through, our, through uh, November um, in Election Day. Uh, today's our first forum and we've invited the candidates running in the June primary. These candidates are for the two of our local GOP seats where there's more than one candidate running. And after the primary, we're going to host uh, forums with all the parties represented in the general election. Uh, the members participating today are Senator Lyle Hilliard and Chris Wilson. Um, uh, uh, and uh, they're running for the GOP seat of House District 25, no, nope, Utah Senate District 25, and Representative Val Potter and Mike Peterson running for 
the GOP seat of Utah's House District 3. This, I'm going to explain just a little bit of how we're going to run this uh, event. Um, we've muted everyone that's participating and we've closed the chat because we have asked our, asked our legislative committee to submit questions. We reviewed them and we submitted the questions to each of the candidates prior to this, uh, this forum. Each uh, response is going to have time limits and you're gonna hear a sound, a ding ding, uh, at the end of your time limit. Uh, we hope that you'll be civil and respectful. Each candidate uh, has received the questions ahead of time and we're going to rotate the order in which the questions uh, will begin. Um, so our first, our first uh, not question, but we're going to let each of the candidates introduce themselves, uh, tell a little bit about your history qualifications, uh, include your, your platform, and you'll have four minutes. And the order in which we will do that, uh, the first section will be uh, Senator Lyle Hilliard, and then Mr. Chris Wilson, Val Potter, and then Mike Peterson. And then I will uh, read the next question and give the order uh, when we're finished with that. So we will let uh, Senator Hilliard, you are up. I, okay, thanks, Jamie. First of all, I want to thank the Chamber of Commerce for letting us come. Uh, as many of you may know, I had the great experience of being president of the Chamber a number of years ago. And also my law partner, Herm Olson, has been cham Chamber President. So we've been deeply involved with the Chamber over the years and know the good work they do. That they do. The other thing I really want to do, the frustrating thing for me in this uh, whole race, is we really can't meet together. I enjoyed the town hall meetings we always had on Saturday morning during the session and then during the year we'd have them monthly because after the session we could talk to people and get information and learn and, and that and that's very helpful. So I'm going to tell everybody here if you have any questions for me or any other suggestions please call me. My cell phone I always have it. It's 435-757-0194. I'd be glad to visit with you about it in, in those issues. I'm running because, as all of you probably know, our state revenue right now is in free fall. We have no idea how deep it's going to be, how long it's going to last, or what's going to be next when we get some control over it. Uh, this also is coupled with a serious health problems and concerns. Uh, I was deeply uh, moved by my good friend ben, ben McAdams, who ended up being, I think, nine days in critical condition with COVID-19. So it's nothing to play around with, and it's something we have to be very serious as we talk about going. So that's one thing uh, that I have some experience with. I did the whole budget for 12 years, during which some years we had a lot of money, and some years we were very short. And working that budget through, always been able to maintain our AAA bond rating. And I think I know how to do it and how to handle that, handle that problem. And that's really the pressure I have from my colleagues in the Senate who want me back there to help do that again because it's going to be a big problem as we finally work into that process. Secondly, I'm very committed to public education. We need to protect it. The hard, difficult thing is that public education is such a big component of our budget that when we have revenue shortfalls, it's hard to do anything without having education 
impacted. But we, uh, we, we can handle it. We're doing some surgical cuts, some suggestions as we look at it. One of the things that really tie our hands is that we cannot have a tax increase because the people can't afford any more taxes. So we have to do that all within the revenues we have. And we have to use our rainy day prudently. Luckily, about 70% of our rainy day fund is education funds, so it can be used for higher ed and public ed, most importantly. And the other very important thing about that is the fact that it's one-time money, so we have to be very careful how we spend it because we can't build it in ongoing programs. We're really prepared to do that, and I could talk about it, but these, those are the two main things, is budget and public education. We need to protect it and make, continue the progress we've made in the last four years, especially since I've been chair of that committee. Thank you. Hey, Mr. Wilson. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jamie. Uh, I'm, I'm Chris Wilson. I'm running as a Republican candidate for the State Senate in District 25. Uh, I'm a lifetime resident of Cache Valley and a third-generation owner of a family business, Wilson Motor Company. With a current staff of 67 employees, we have been supporting uh, our local economy from the same location on Main Street in downtown Logan, uh, for 77 years. I have served on the new car dealers of Utah Association Board of Directors for the past five years, and I just completed a term as president. Locally, I serve on the Cache Valley Chamber of Commerce, Board of Governors, the Economic Development Alliance, and the Legislative Affairs Committee, and I'm chairman of the Revenue and Taxation Subcommittee. I believe my experiences as a business and community leader is just what is needed as we seek economic recovery from the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. I took over full ownership of Wilson Motor in 2009 during the Great Recession. In order to survive and thrive in a tough economy, we had to learn how to adapt. We had to tighten our belt and ensure that every dollar was spent efficiently and effectively. We learned from that experience and because we applied what we learned, we were prepared for the current economic challenge. I have developed the skills to weather the storms of economic uncertainty and believe this skill set and knowledge will be beneficial in the state legislature and assisting others through the economic recovery process. I strongly believe in the importance of being informed and engaged in the political process. It's been my privilege to serve as a state and county delegate multiple times in my service on the New Car Dealers of Utah Association Board and Cash Valley Chamber, I participated intently with the legislative process. These experiences have opened my eyes to the need for greater accountability and transparency in government. Rather than place this responsibility on others, I've chosen to increase my personal involvement in public service. I love my community and I want to serve you. I believe it is time that citizens were truly heard not talked down to or disregarded. We need a senator that is willing to seek input from voters and demonstrate the humility to implement the will of the people. I want to ensure that our voice, our values, our concerns are representative on Capitol Hill in Salt Lake City. As a business owner, I recognize the importance of low taxes and small government. And as your senator, I will not support increased taxes on food and gas. I strongly support term limits. I'm committed to serve no more than three terms, and I will not personally profit from public service. When I finish my service, all remaining campaign donations will be given to support charities in our community. Northern Utah has been a wonderful 
place to live and own a business. I care deeply about our community and am committed to assisting those in need throughout District 25. In addition to a number of other community projects, I've been particularly concerned about families and especially children going hungry. I have worked in support of the Cash Community Food Pantry and helping establish food pantries within all elementary, secondary, and high schools in the Cache and Logan School Districts. I will bring the same commitment and compassion to my service in the Utah State Senate and will continue to seek ways to personally contribute to make a better life for all citizens of Northern Utah. Giving back to my community through public service is important to me. It is the way I demonstrate my gratitude and a vital, and a vital element of being a good citizen. A good friend said people need to take a turn. It's an honor and a privilege to take my turn in serving the community I love by running. I look forward to the opportunity of meeting and working with you as together we can create a bright, bold future for our community. Oh, that was perfect. Okay, you heard the ding ding. Um, Mr. Uh, Representative Val Potter, you're up next. Thanks, Jamie. It's an honor to be here. I appreciate what you do in the chamber. I served four years as a board member of the Chamber of Commerce. Back in the Bobby Corey days, uh, Bobby was a, a great example and great to work with. Appreciate what you do. Uh, the Nuke group that comes down every Friday is a, a very involved group and the Northern Utah legislators respect uh, the input you have and the information you give us as legislators and the direction you give us um, and the bills you're supportive of, it matters. So keep that up. Greatly appreciate it. Just a little bit about me. Um, I served as a North Oregon City Councilman, as a mayor, two terms on the county council. Uh, I'm in my second term, uh, fourth year in the state legislature. Um, I've started three businesses. One of them was a retail business. Uh, I worked 23 years in international business. Uh, I worked 15 years at Utah State University. Uh, I'm currently the chair of Business Economic Development and Labor Appropriations Committee. Uh, we just went through the exercise yesterday of, of cutting our budget due to the COVID crisis. Uh, we did a two, a five, and a 10% cut to the nine departments within the Beetle uh, Business Economic Development Subcommittee. Uh, those um, subcommittees are GOED, Heritage and Arts, the Department of Labor, Tax Commission, Department of Commerce, financial institutions, and uh, Department of Alcohol and Beverage Control. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't fun making it up to the 10% cuts, but uh, we'll know the numbers in June, what we actually have to do with the budget and, and where we'll be with that. So that was uh, uh, not a good experience, but it's one that we're capable of doing and the department stepped up and we're, uh, we're very willing to do what they have to, to balance the budget, keep the state healthy and provide the services that we do in the state of Utah. That's what we're here for. That's what government is here for, is to provide the services. Um, I currently am supported by um, most of the legislators in the, in the state legislature, most of the House members, the Speaker of the House, Majority Leader, most of the Senate, including the Senate President. Um, I am supported by all of the, the mayors of the cities in my district, except for one. I have support of the Cash Education Association, the Utah Agricultural Producers. Uh, the Salt Lake Chamber of Commerce uh, gave me the Business Champion Award four years in a row now for my support of business. I've been a Second Amendment champion. I, I, I like to say, and I believe it's true, that I have supported the um, Second Amendment more than anybody else because I'm on the law enforcement 
committee. I see all of the gun bills that come through and the ones that are positive for the second amendment we keep and the ones that aren't brought by uh, a handful of legislators, we kill them. We, we support the second amendment. Now I, I've been a, a leader in that. I'm also supported by the cash realtors and uh, I'm, I supported by the league of cities and the counties uh, association of counties, individual members. And I appreciate working with them. My experience in the cities and the counties has been invaluable as I've served in the legislature. Um, with, if I'm successful in, in this election, I'll be the only legislator that has served in an elected city and county position. And I think it matters. Uh, I've been able to do some amazing things to support local government. And I think that's where the rubber hits the road. That's important to the state of Utah. Um, I, I like to think of myself as a problem solver. I serve in the community. I've run for several offices because I've been able to solve problems and do good for my community. And I hope to continue to do that. Thank you. Thank you. And next up we have uh, Mr. Mike Peterson. Mike. All right. I think I'm unmuted. Is that right? Yep, we can hear you. Excellent. Well, my name is Mike Peterson. I'm glad for the chance to, to be with you today. What a, what a wonderful group of uh, business leaders and civic leaders. I appreciate your uh, giving us this opportunity, this platform on which to speak. Um, a little bit of background. Uh, I started my career as a, as a, in the mental health field. I did a ba my bachelor's and master's degrees in, in uh, counseling psychology. I worked in a private practice. I worked at Utah Valley Regional Medical Center for several years, and then I worked um, as a counselor at Logan High School. And after several years at Logan High School, I, uh, I just had the itch to, to move on and try something new, something different. And so I went back to school, did a, did a PhD up here at Utah State University in Instructional Design and Learning Sciences. And it's been a, it's been a great experience what I've had uh, since, since – uh, getting that degree and, and starting my business some 23 years ago. I've had the chance uh, uh, with, with my company to consult and work with all kinds of, with all kinds of groups, including uh, federal, federal groups like the U.S. Air Force and the United States Department of Agriculture. I've worked with the U.S. Forest Service. I've been able to consult with uh, corporations like Ernst & Young and Lockheed Martin. I've worked with the Ute Indian Tribe and the University of Chicago School of Medicine, the Utah Department of Workforce Services, and, and I could go on and on with many world-class organizations. It's been a real blessing in my life to, uh, to be a part of helping them. Uh, I've spent, these years have all been on the front line navigating rules and regulations, trying to help these businesses to survive and, and to thrive and to, and to succeed at their missions. It's been a great opportunity for me. I've learned so much from them. But I got into this election because last December, as many of you know, the, uh, the state legislature passed a massive tax reform bill. Some uh, uh, 62,000 words, six, a couple hundred pages that, that had tentacles that led into countless other bills. And, and as, a, as a conservative Republican, I welcome tax reform. Taxes, the, the, the combined burden of, of federal and state and local taxes are too severe. They're too com too too uh, too complicated. Well, this bill is anything but uh, uh, simple. It was very complex and complicated. And so, uh, the more I the, the more I started to look at it, the, the more I became unhappy with it because not only did it tax food, it taxed fuel. 
And the year before Utah, we voted against a, an increase on fuel tax. I was concerned about the change that would have been uh, would have taken place with our transportation dollars. I was concerned that services were going to be taxed, uh, dog groomers and funeral directors and tow truck drivers. I noticed though that lots of other services were not. Probably, probably services that have uh, better better lobbyists. I could go on and on about my about my concerns, but so I ended up uh, joining some 170,000 Utahs, Utahns to make sure that tax reform bill didn't take place. And now as I look at the struggle, the financial struggle of folks across this state as a result of the COVID-19, we probably are all glad that that tax bill didn't, didn't take effect in our lives because the, the additional burden would have been even more severe than folks could, can deal with. You know, the more I, the more I looked at that bill, uh, I was just concerned that uh, our representatives don't represent what I believe. They don't represent my conservative values, my principles, my beliefs. Uh, the, 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 the preamble to the Declaration of Independence says this, it says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they're endowed by their creator with, by their creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness among these. Well, to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men. And I believe that's true. That's why the governments are instituted, is to preserve our rights. And so I, I'm here because I want to be a champion for individual liberty, for limited government, for property rights. I know that each dollar the government takes from you is one less in your pocket. And I felt that as a parent and as a voter and as a business owner. So thank you. Okay. Our next question, uh, the order will be um, Mr. Wilson, Mr. Hilliard, Mr. Peterson, and then Mr. Potter. The question is, what do you think we as a county or state ought to do to prepare for the next pandemic? You'll have two minutes. Go ahead, Mr. Wilson. I appreciate that. Thanks, Jamie. Um, well, I think, I think the uh, important thing is uh, as we prepare for the possible next pandemic uh, would be to uh, try and learn now, while we're in the middle of this pandemic, what we can do better. Uh, not only do we need to uh, prepare for the next pandemic possibility, but we also need to look at other major disruptions that could come in our lives. I think we need to prepare for a possible earthquake, uh, or other natural disaster, or maybe even a possible attack on our power grid. I think it's important that we start a what if, what could happen, and start preparing for a number of different uh, possible disruptions in our lives. I think the important thing to do right now is we need to bring people together. We need to analyze how our current um, reaction to the pandemic has gone on. We need to bring business leaders together with government officials, state and local health departments, uh, health care workers. We need to start analyzing what we did right and we obviously uh, made some errors and what can we improve on. We need to create a plan. Uh, I'm glad that we've started to stockpile necessary supplies, medical supplies, personal protective equipment and other supplies. But we also need to make sure that working with Utah businesses that we have supply lines uh, that we can get these products in the future. We need to make sure that we're not dependent on foreign companies. We need to make sure that we're self-reliant. 
once we have this plan, we need to make sure and communicate it to our citizens and educate them so that our citizens are mentally, physically, emotionally, and also temporally prepared for the next possible disruption in their lives. And that way we will come out of this stronger and more resilient for the future. Thank you. Senator Hilliard. Thank you, Jamie. It, I, I should just say it's ironic. We, we've been doing all of this and uh, the earthquake, the power grid, for all plans, they've all done all of those. And it's ironic. The day we had that big earthquake in Magna was the day that we had planned a shakeout. So the whole state was on alert to have a special training for earthquake that day. We've been doing it. But let me direct it to the pandemic. The pandemic has actually two parts. First of all, I really appreciated the input from Lloyd Bernson and the Bear River Health Department. He's meet, he meets with us legislators on a weekly basis and gives us almost daily updates of what's going on. I am sure that as we finish this thing, we will meet and again, from his perspective, find out the two things we need to do. Number one is financial that the state can help the county with because these are public safety issues and the state should be helping the county. And then number two, what law changes, if any, we need to do. We're still in the process, so we're still measuring that and coming up with those solutions. And again, uh, we talk about a new normal may be the new normal. We may have to live with this pandemic in the future. On the state, I've really been impressed with the work the governor and lieutenant governor have done in following this long. We're now moving into Utah 3 as we're looking at, as we're freeing up the, the health issues, uh, we're getting our businesses back going. Uh, again, I've asked for our state to give me a, a report of what they've learned and what we need to be aware of I serve on a national organization called the Uniform Law Commission. I'm on the, I'm on the directive part of that. And they've asked me to get together with, because the request of other states, what can we do as a uniform law in every state that would give direction to the state of what to do it? We found as we've gotten into this that every state is so different that it really creates chaos. Utah is really well, they've handled this really quite well compared to what other states have done so i'm working on that right now so it's all going to be put together by the people who have learned and we hope to implement this both in financial and in law so that we can and education to our people thanks okay mr peterson yeah what, what a timely question you know uh I'll look at the numbers across the state and here in Cache Valley, and I have to say we have been very blessed. We are very fortunate. We've had loss of life, but compared to many other places, we've been very, uh, again, we've been very blessed. You know, the, the, National, the National Governors Association has published a, a, a manual, Preparing for Pandemic Influenza. It's a primer for governors and for state officials, and it encourages governors to encourage uh, self-reliance. To that not only families, but every, every uh, cafeteria and government facility and faith-based group, every group home, every, every school, every prison needs to be stockpiling food, all the things that they're going to need. But then it also says that they should be stockpiling things like masks and ventilators and hand sanitizers and medicine, antivirals, et cetera. So I was interested to see, to see that our state uh, – this last bit has had, to, has had to spend some $70 million on PPEs. I don't know that we were as prepared as, as, as individuals and as a state as we could have and should have been. In fact, I think we've all learned from this experience that as families and as businesses and other organizations, we need to be 
even more vigilant about preparing for pandemics and earthquakes and every other uh, storm that can come our way. I think we've also seen that it's not necessarily always helpful for us to believe that the government can solve all problems. I think we've seen, in fact, that sometimes the government can cause problems. So let's, I think the best way to prepare is for us to, is to follow the guidelines, as I, as I said there, and then again, for us to, to, to look to ourselves, our own organizations, and what we can do for ourselves to take care of things. Thank you. Hey. Uh, Representative Potter? Yes, thank you. Um, we've learned a great deal from what's happened. Uh, most of it's good. Um, I, I'd say there's, uh, as Senator Hillier said, we've been in touch with Lloyd Berenson on a regular basis. I learned from him we had 10 cases yesterday in the Valley. They were isolated. They were, they were in groups. And the beauty of what the health department has been able to do is isolate these problems as they come up, as has the state to the point where we've been able to control it here in the Valley. We've been very blessed here. We really have. Uh, we've had very few issues. Uh, very few uh, people have been sick here in the Valley uh, as a percentage, uh, as compared to the Wasatch Front where they've had a lot more problems. So our Bear River Health Department should be praised for the great work that they've done. Um, tracking cases, isolating those cases is critical as we move forward with, with future pandemics. And no doubt, um, we've gotta be prepared for those. The things we can do now moving forward is keep the economy uh, going. We need to move forward. We need better habits. Uh, we need to stop it before it happens. If they're, you know, having the health department national, international input to, to, to make us aware of those kinds of things is very important. Uh, right now, my goal would be to get businesses going, to get the schools open, and to do it safely. I think we're all concerned about safety, but we need to get the schools open. We need to get the businesses going. We need to get the economy moving, get those people who are without jobs to get back to, to work. Um, the nice thing about Cache County is businesses weren't shut down. There was no stay-at-home order. People, by and large, uh, took the heed, to, took the warnings, and did what they were supposed to. So I, I appreciate the county, the state, local leaders that stepped up to help out and the people that, that uh, took the uh, warning seriously. And I think we will be better prepared next time. Thank you. Okay. Um, our next question, the order in which uh, we're going to have you um, answer the questions, it will be uh, Representative Potter, then Mike Peterson, then uh, Senator Hilliard, and then Mr. Wilson. The question is, since some sectors of Utah's economy have been disseminated, like tourism and others, how do you propose we go about helping these businesses and organizations? You'll have two minutes, uh, Mr. Potter. Great question, timely, timely question. Um, first of all, I wanna give you a little bit of news. Uh, Utah is the lowest in the U.S. in unemployment claims as a percentage of workforce at 5.7%. To me, that's huge. That's, that's great news. The unemployment claims this week dropped by 13% over last week. That's, that's great news. The beauty of that is we have a diverse workforce. We're spread out. We've got a wide range of jobs in the state of Utah, so we are very lucky that way. Um, yesterday, uh, I mentioned uh, we had our our appropriations committee meetings. 
we cut a number of budgets. The fiscal analysts were going to cut the tourism budget by $23 million. One of the things I fought for is keeping that money. We still have to go to the executive appropriations and make sure that stays. We need that tour, those tourism dollars to keep Utah people moving around Utah. We don't have to focus right now on the, the out of state or the international people. I see Julie Hollist is on this call and hopefully she'll see this as good news. Uh, that money will be trickling down to the counties and the communities. The thing we need to do is get regional car travel. We need to monitor the sentiments by region to improve things in the regions. Uh, one of the goals in GoEd is go from the mighty five marketing to the small but mighty state parks and local work. Mighty Main Street campaign is one of the things we're working on. Doing local promotions to keep things move, moving locally. We need to get the economy going. Hotels, restaurants, the recreation industry is really hurting these days. And we need to make sure people are out spending their money. Um, shopping, local attractions, Main Street attractions, that all needs to be promoted locally. And that's what GoEd and others will be doing. That's what we as a state will be promoting, trying to get the Chamber of Commerces and others to, to get to work in those kinds of things. So that's some of the things that we're, we're doing. And that's, I think, something that's going to be important as we move forward. Okay. Time's up. All right. Um, next, we have Mr. Peterson. All right. Yeah, uh, that, that's a great question. How do we rebuild after uh, this pandemic? And I and I really believe that the way to 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 rebuild is to unleash the passion and ingenuity of Utah's entrepreneurs. Let businesses move ahead. Let businesses take care of things. The faster we let them move ahead and take care of their, themselves, the, 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 the faster our economy is going to rebound. Uh, you know, a, a several years ago, my business was, was audited, a property tax audit. Now, I'm a small business. We, have, uh, uh, we, we, don't, we don't have stockpiles of product because we, we deal with uh, online, online uh, subscriptions and, and, again, consulting. But the state came in and spent a couple of days with us, reviewing our books, looking at the numbers, and, and I could not help but think, wow, not only did they spend a lot of their time, but many hours of our time that could have been spent in, in better ways. I, I just really believe that if our state, if government would back off more, let, uh, let businesses flourish, let us do our thing, uh, the, 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 the economy is gonna rebound. You know, the tax reform bill that was, that was uh, passed would have stifled all kinds of businesses had it been able to play out in our lives. So I'm so glad, again, that that tax reform bill was, uh, was, was eventually repealed by the state. I can't help but think about uh, Ronald Reagan once said in, a, in one of his inaugural addresses, he said something like, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. And, and, and I really believe that the best way for us to rebuild this economy is to unleash the passion, the ingenuity, and let business get back to work. Thank you. Uh, Senator Hilliard. I'm unmuted. Thank you very much. You know, I can say this pretty simply because I was on the phone yesterday to J.C. Skinner, who's the legal counsel for the Salt Lake Chamber of Commerce, and talking over the governor's plan three, which he's now stepping up to, which is key to the economic development. And, Jamie, you know that. has had 
good involvement from the Chambers of Commerce. And I think our businesses, had anyone told us in the middle of January that we'd have this pandemic problem, we would have been shocked because the business economy was doing so well. And I think it's positioned to continue to do well. I think uh, we have this problem right now in the pandemic and trying to find out where we are. But I fully support the governor's 3.0 program. I support what the Salt Lake Chamber and I'm sure the Cash Chamber is doing too to help businesses. There's the two big unknowns that make it very difficult. Number one, we don't know what people will do as far as, as protecting themselves and protecting others. You know, we can talk about it being safe to go out and eat at restaurants, but if people feel unsafe, they're not going to go. So we've got to create a, 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 an atmosphere around our people that they feel confident they can do it. We can't control that. That's something each one of us has to do. I personally wear a mask because I think it shows signal to people that I'm concerned about my health and their health, and I think we need to do that more so that people can see that. The other thing I'd add to it is that I think it's important that as we help people uh, keep essential businesses open that we've done, that we as a business – uh, uh, comply with all of these these uh, rules and requirements because I think they give us all a feeling of safety and we're going to come out of this. Okay. Uh, Mr. Wilson. Yes, thank you. Well, I, I want to start off by a, a shout out to uh, Jamie and Warren and all those others, a member of the, co uh, the chamber uh, who has provided uh, very important information to members of the chamber. Uh, consider, uh, concerning the CARES Act and the Paycheck Protection Plan. As a small business owner uh, who was able to apply and get Paycheck Protection Plan, uh, it has allowed me plus many, many other small businesses and put us in a, a good position to come out of this uh, um, even in a better position than we were before. I'm a small business owner. I've been through it. I was through, uh, went through the 2008-2009 recession. Um, during that time, as during the current pandemic, uh, I had to come up with innovative, creative ways to deal with the current economic times. Um, I understand. Uh, I actually am a, a, a business that uh, we stayed open and um, I understand there are some industries like leisure and hospitality that has still been struggling to come out of the, uh, uh, the economic downturn. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful that we can use some of the COVID-19 funds to help with leisure and hospitality and trying to invest uh, in these industries and um, to help them to be stronger uh, as we come out of this. Uh, we need to make sure that we take proper precautions to avoid a second wave, uh, but there's no question our citizens, our business owners are resilient, they're creative, they're innovative. The entrepreneurial spirit has never been stronger in the state of Utah. I think we're in a great position to come out of this, like I mentioned, better than any other state. Uh, I think the important thing is to be positive and optimistic and uh, make sure that we don't have fear-mongering because that's counterproductive in, in what we're trying to do. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Our next, uh, the, the order in which we'll answer the next question will be Mr. Peterson, Representative Potter, Mr. Wilson, and then Senator Hilliard. The question is, with gross, growth projections for Utah and Cache Valley, 
How do you propose we balance growth with infrastructure needs and still continue the quality of life that we have currently? Uh, Mr. Peterson. Thank you. You know, isn't growth wonderful? Uh, it, it brings so many opportunities, so many advances for us. Uh, on the other hand, sometimes we look at growth and say, wow, I miss the old days. I wish it was, I wish, uh, you know, we, we had the old Ernst or, or, or you know, restaurants. And, and I miss the days when we drove to, to Ogden and Salt Lake to experience some of these stores that now they have, they're here. And so we miss that, that, fun, that fun experience. But growth is good. Growth brings us, again, so many opportunities uh, that brings us together. Um, the way we deal with the way we deal with with growth and, and maintaining quality is, is the way we deal with all these issues, I believe, and that is to again to let the innovations of business owners happen, let them drive because they will. Uh, um, you know, years ago we didn't have we didn't have hybrid electric cars, and 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 then when we had them introduced, they were too expensive. For, for most folks to have. Well, now we see more and more and more of them on the, on the roads because as, as uh, entrepreneurs, as inventors have been innovative and been passionate, they've made things uh, accessible for us to enjoy and to use. You know, years ago, I was appointed by the mayor of North Logan, of North Logan City to serve on the Cache Valley Transit District Board. And I did that for many years, a few years even as the president. My efforts there were, were really focused on increasing CVTD efficiencies. And so while I was there, we folded the LTD into the CVTD. That made sense. We developed and implemented a, a policy of, readership, uh, of ridership requirements because some, some, uh, some routes didn't have enough folks to warrant having that, that, that uh, service there. So, so we really worked on making sure we had a standard of usage. And then to help uh, reduce the drag on taxpayer dollars, we started generating revenue by using the buses as traveling billboards. Again, I think that there's innovation. There's things that we can do. And as we, and as, and as we let folks be innovative, we'll see things happen that will take care of growth and, and help maintain the quality that we all love here in Cache Valley. Okay. Uh, Representative Potter. Okay, great question. You're talking about balancing growth with infrastructure needs to continue to improve the quality of life. That means the businesses have got to do well. That means business owners have got to be happy promoting their businesses, people coming to work there, coming in from out of, outside the valley to work here. Um, our children hopefully will stay here and work in jobs within the valley. That means the businesses have got to be strong. That means the quality of life's got to be good. That means uh, the way I see it, uh, local governance, cities, counties, have got to provide the zones that allow for reasonable housing. If you don't have reasonable housing, you're not going to keep people. They're not going to stay. Uh, your businesses have got to be content. You've got to maintain trails. You've got to maintain outdoor recreation. Uh, those are things that not a lot of people like to talk about, but it's important for the long-term future, future of your community to support and maintain. I tried to do that when I was in the county council and when I was mayor of North Logan, improve the recreation facilities. Zoning is an important one. Um, proper zones for the houses as this community grows. Cache County in the next 40 or 50 years will double. And as you think about your community, uh, where are you going to put twice as many people? Well, we're having children. Children want to stay here. Where do you put them? Those are all things that need to be looked at and worked on. And if you uh, stick your head in the sand and say, well, that's somebody else's problem, we're going to be in trouble. 
So it's important for all of us, Chamber of Commerce, elected officials, people involved in planning and zoning community or boards and commissions to step up and make some decisions now that are going to benefit the long term. Uh, you mentioned infrastructure, water, sewer, transportation. We've got to make sure that the roads connect from Cove to Paradise. We've got to have roads that connect that move people. The future of the community, we don't know. Driverless cars are coming. Electric cars are here. What's the future of transportation? Those are all things that need to be looked at as we move forward. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Wilson. Appreciate that. Uh, yes, uh, as Val mentioned, uh, the growth projections I've looked at has Cash Valley doubling in the next 30 years. And 70% uh, of that growth is going to come from our own kids and grandkids. And it's, it's uh, as I've gone around and talked and, uh, with many citizens, there are a lot of citizens are very concerned about the growth to make sure that we are prepared. If we do not have the infrastructure in place, uh, then that growth is going to cause a problem. It will risk, we will risk losing our quality of life, our values, and our individual community identity. So it's imperative that we start now and anticipate and have a plan in place uh, for, for the growth that is coming. Um, uh, we, we, whether we prepare for it or not, the growth is coming. So it's vitally important that we prepare for it. Uh, our Economic Development Board has a strategic plan that was prepared for us uh, last fall. And it, it identifies a number of strengths and weaknesses that we have here in the Valley. The number one weakness we have, they identified, is we are not unified in our message. We need to make sure that we bring uh, cities, county, and business leaders in a coordinated effort um, to make sure that we have the, uh, a similar message to other businesses. It's important, I think, that we need to work on hiring a Cash Valley Economic Executive Director to help us also with our, with our, uh, uh, our vision and our message for people. It's important that there are many, many businesses in California and other states that uh, are going to want to relocate to a business-friendly state like Utah. We need to be prepared for that. Thank you. Okay, Senator Hilliard. Thank you, Jamie. Uh, I have a hard time uh, breaking out uh, the dis my position as a, as a local citizen and also as a state senator because one thing I really strongly support is that planning has to be done by a local level. Now, I appreciate the state wants to come in and control. The state has experts, but they always have to be advisory. We have to make the final decision. There's some money and financial help they can give us. But I think one thing we have to be very careful on, on planning is we don't end up with a, with a committee in Salt Lake saying what we're going to be doing here in Cache County. Now, I know we've had a lot of this work in the past. The name Tom Jensen comes to my mind. Tom has done a lot of work in the chamber and his Logan City Council there uh, of doing some planning for the county. And I think that's what we need to do. But let me just touch very briefly. I think the Water Conservancy District we created is a major step in us protecting our water and keeping our water in the valley. The roads have really been pretty good. We have obviously the Valley View Highway still to be done with a cut in the uh, 
revenue coming in for gas tax because people are driving less will, will impact that uh, that area. But we have other areas in the valley we need to be concerned about. We need to make sure we don't have stop signs, stop lights between Logan and Wells every two blocks. We need to keep that road open so that people can business can drive through. We need to protect Garden City with their truck lanes and their problems there. Air, I think we've done a wonderful job on air control and emissions. The emission testings we have, the tier three gas, the wood burning, although that may be offensive to some people, those are the things that we've done. We've done a good job in improving the air quality. So those things, I'm looking more of a state perspective than a local, but I support as a person what we're doing on a local basis as well. Okay, thank you. Uh, the order for our last question will be Mr. Wilson, then Senator Hilliard, then Mr. Peterson, and then to finish it off will be Representative Potter. The question is, how do you propose we balance continued cost increases in housing against the slow rise in wages? Mr. Wilson. Uh, thank you, Jamie. Well, first of all, the uh, um, housing, affordability housing is, is, is definitely a problem here in the Valley. Uh, and uh, I, I think the, the best way to try and, and handle that is with the, you know, the market system. We need to make sure that the supply uh, outpaces the demand. Uh, we need to make sure that we are having affordable housing uh, in a number of different cost options with a single family, multi-family, number of different price points for those who are looking for, for housing for them and their, their families. One good thing is with the lower interest rates we've had, uh, it does help people with uh, lower mortgage payments, especially those who may be looking to refinance those mortgages. Uh, I, I think that's uh, the lower interest rates is going to help us. I think the other thing we need to look at is wages. Cash Valley's medium income is $13,000 lower than the state average, and that was as of last fall. We need to make sure um, that we can um, improve wages by bringing industries with higher paying jobs to the Valley. Uh, that will help uh, with uh, affordable housing. We have had a number of success stories here in the Valley. Um, just to name a few, we've got Space Dynamics Lab, the Maloof, Apogee Instruments, and others. But uh, there's no question we can do a better job of bringing in industries, like I mentioned before, uh, from outside the state that will be looking to relocate to a business-friendly environment like Utah has. As long as we have a, uh, a unified voice and message for those businesses, they can relocate here, uh, hire tech jobs, aerospace jobs, others that will be, again, higher paying jobs for our citizens. And uh, like I said, I think that will definitely help uh, increase our wages here in the Valley. Thank you. Okay, Senator Hilliard. Thank you, Jamie. Uh, I would add, one of the real great advantages I think we've had over the years with the Utah Legislative delegation from Cache County and Box Elder is that every Wednesday morning during the session we meet in my office and all the legislators have a chance to talk about the areas they're working in. So when you turn to this affordable house, housing, I turn to my friend Val Potter. 
Val is the co-chair of that statewide task force looking at affordable housing and how to make that work. And, he, and so we can work together as we work. So I'm going to really defer to him on talking that area, except I'll raise two issues. Number one, I have a hard time taking state money and giving state money into programs to give people housing because I, I have a, a real question about how we most effectively use our tax dollars and whether that's the most effective way, especially under our current Utah Constitution, we can only spend general fund money in that area, and the general fund money is not keeping up with the growth in population. So that's a real challenge is to find some general fund money you can put in there, and then the question is, how do we handle it in such a way that it's really an effective loan? We're just not giving taxpayers' money away. That's a, a concern. But I think we've done a lot in, in the state tax policy way. For example, your home is valued for property tax purposes at 55% of its actual value. So you pay about half as much property tax to keep your home, to live in a home. We also give you a, a tax advantage on deducting your interest on your home. If you sell your home for less than $500,000, you don't have to reinvest it there's a tax break that you, don't, that you don't have to recognize that as income. So I think that's some of the things. But I really, I turn to my friend Val Potter and I say, Val, what are you doing on your committee? Because he spent a good part of his time for the last two years working on this exact problem. Great, thank you. Uh, Mr. Peterson. Yeah, once again, uh, uh, thanks, thanks for this last question. I, I, I'm, uh, I feel very fortunate that my children and most of my children and grandchildren here are able to live here in Cache Valley with us. We love having them here. Uh, once again, I'm gonna say we need to rely on the market system, that we definitely have a supply and demand problem in areas of our state. Uh, too many uh, folks looking for too few places to live. And I think that's caused by a few, a few issues, including, uh, you know, we, we, I think we need to encourage more students to go into the trades. We tend to send every child up to the university and we don't have enough folks who are able to uh, build homes and, and install plumbing and, and, and do the wiring for homes. We need more folks who, who uh, go into that, into that profession so that we can have more homes. Uh, I think that also another issue we have is that too often governments, especially cities and counties, um, have too many regulations, uh, too many permit fees, too many impact fees, too many, too many uh, barriers for folks getting into new homes. I, I've got, a, I've got a, a brother-in-law who just told me that they're, they're adding onto their home, and and the and the uh, permit fee was was several thousand dollars. That that makes it you know every every extra thousand dollar just makes it that much more difficult for someone to get into a into a home. Uh, when the government tries to solve the problem by just injecting money, well, prices go up and the, the problem just becomes even more severe. We, we, we shouldn't be redistributing each other's wealth to do this. But let's let the market take care of it. Um, I'm glad to say I think that Utah has done a pretty good job in helping to create a business climate that uh, encourages folks to move in. We, we love to see folks here. We love their diversity. We love what they offer, what they bring for us. But I do sometimes worry that uh, – you know, we offer sometimes to, to certain companies as they come in too many uh, too many treats, and uh, our our mom and pop shops, our rural communities, our our entrepreneurs, our, our you know some of our smaller businesses, they don't get those same perks that we use to encourage big companies to come in. For me personally, one of the things I love about being a small business owner is knowing that I'm helping people. 
not, not just my employees, but folks across the country, put food on the table and braces on their kids' teeth. They're able to make car payments and they're able to make a mortgage. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Senator. Okay, uh, great question. Uh, Lyle's right. I've spent a lot of time on this. I got an assignment a couple of years ago by Greg Hughes, Speaker of the House at the time, to take on the chairmanship from the House of the uh, Housing uh, Commission on Housing Affordability. It's been a lot of work. Um, I do agree that the government shouldn't inject money into this problem, but the government should help where we're needed. We put, uh, we passed a bill uh, $10 million to help with financing of houses. Uh, what that does is help those that are in need on a first house to leverage private financing to get into their first house. And as they pay it back, it goes back into the fund to help the next person. And I was very supportive of that. However, in the cuts this last week, that $10 million is now gone. Uh, something we did last year was pass SB 34. What that did was require the cities, uh, based on, they, could, they could opt to do it or not, uh, to change zoning to allow for more affordable housing options within their city. We didn't dictate where or when. We just said there, there are many options that you can consider to get more people reasonable, affordable housing. That passed, and all of the cities in the state are now following that and changing their zoning appropriately. Chris mentioned this, having uh, affordable housing options, multifamily, uh, better use of the properties, the acres that we have available in Cache County, and, and that's right. Those are important things. Uh, also, Maloof uh, received a, uh, a post-performance grant to hire more people at very high wages. If they achieve those levels that they sold it on, they will receive the incentive. If they don't, they won't. That's a program that will bring people into the Valley, will give people reasonable salaries and allow them to afford to live here. But housing is an issue. Housing is a big issue. Uh, we have a limited amount of land. We have a lot of people moving in, both our kids and from outside. We need to make sure that we're taking advantage of the land we have available for the, for the future to make sure that people have reasonable houses and a good quality of life. So I think having some oversight and some help from the state on those rules, policies, and regulations is important. I, I don't mean oversight, I don't mean controls of those things, but I mean we need to give some direction to the cities and counties. Local control is where it's at, and I support that. Thank you. That is our, that concludes our questions for today. We um, appreciate so much uh, your participation today. Uh, those candidates, uh, it's been so informative to hear from you, and we really appreciate your taking the time to prepare for this event and helping us with our first forum and being willing to do this. Again, I know another Zoom meeting, but um, we're going to do what we need to do to, to keep people safe, and this may be a a way that we do some of our communication in the future. I agree, I would have loved to have had this uh, live and in person, but this um, enables us to maybe reach a wider audience. Thank you again for your participation. Uh, for any of you on the call, please reach out if you have further questions uh, to each of these candidates. Uh, we appreciate uh, them taking the time. And please look forward to our next forum. Uh, we'll, we'll be doing these, as I mentioned, uh, throughout uh, from now until uh, November. So thank you again for uh, joining us today, and we appreciate each of you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Cash Valley Insider. 
subscribe and listen wherever podcasts are found, and don't forget to leave us a rating and a review. Learn more about the Cache Valley Chamber and become a member at cachechamber.com.